Hello and welcome back to Disrupt's podcast. I'm Tom Jackson. And I'm Gabriella Mulligan. In this fourth and final episode of our podumentary focusing on the e-commerce and retail tech space in Africa, we'll be chatting to our partners for the series, Trade Depot, Omnibiz and Market Force, about the future of the ecosystem. We'll hear from them about how the ecosystem is set to come under renewed interest as youth population and income growth, infrastructure improvements and increasing uptake start combining to unlock the value of the e-commerce market on the continent over the coming years. We'll also hear what our partners are specifically focusing on as startups in the space and how they expect corporate involvement in the sector to unfold. So let's start by asking them, what does the future of African e-commerce and retail tech look like? The future is really exciting uh, because the fundamentals are being built, the infrastructure continues to be built by a variety of uh, startups. If you look at fintech, logistics, um, HR, which is great for talent development, um, all these things coming together create the right ingredients um, for, for a great future in e-commerce. Uh, debit card payments, for example, or mod- mobile money payments being digitized and consumers having access to this. Um, and, you know, the right infrastructure, especially on logistics and addressing, uh, which is critical to e-commerce delivery being being ripe, then means it's going to, we're going to see a surge in e-commerce adoption in the, in the next coming years. Very high, high youth population as well, working to try out this, this new way of doing business. That was Tesh and Babu of Kenya's Market Force, which facilitates trade between informal retailers and consumer brands via its digital marketplace. This sentiment is echoed by Dapanka Rustigi of Nigeria's Omnibis, which operates an end-to-end supply chain framework. With projections suggesting the majority of Africa's retail will take place digitally within a matter of years, Topanka says retail tech is the most important area to concentrate on. Retail is the toughest market or is the toughest problem to solve, but is also the most important problem to solve in the coming years in the African space because of the growth in population, because of the young population and because of the way the markets are emerging So I would say, as the projections go, 2025-2030, e-commerce would be a significant portion of the overall trade in Africa. And I mean B2B, B2C included. I'm not differentiating here, but a significant portion means 25 to 30% of the overall sales would be happening through e-commerce, majorly coming from B2B. That being said, With the contributions of retail tech, the experience of the consumers would evolve significantly. So purchase experience, uh, reach of products, the inventory sizes or the catalog sizes available to the consumers in different parts of the African market would scale substantially. The amount of capital available in the trade would grow, um, making it a homogeneous experience irrespective of what part of the country you are in. And uh, I think that would be great. Access to essential goods would not be a problem for anyone. E-commerce does stand to flourish in the coming years, but it will be facilitated by Africa's network of small and informal retailers, says Kachi Izukane of Nigeria's Trade Depot. 
a B2B e-commerce and embedded finance platform which enables factory-to-retail distribution for consumer goods companies. To Catchy, local retailers will be central to uptake of digital services like on-demand ordering, and they will also play a key role in access to finance in communities. As such, all discussions around growing the e-commerce and retail tech ecosystem need to revolve around these players. We continue to see the small, informal retail operator as the centre of the commerce universe. And I think this is going to be very instructive in how, you know, the space evolves. We don't see that, you know, that situation changing anytime soon. And so um, if this operator continues to be the center of the commerce universe, um, we believe there is an opportunity for a lot to be built around that. You know, so F interventions that are focused on digitizing this operator, but also providing this operator with access um, will be, you know, very defining when, when you know when you when you look at the space um, several years down the road. And so today, these these small retail stores are, you know, the source of the most basic items that we want. Usually, a limited range. With digitization, um, you will be able to find these small operators providing consumers with access to a much broader range some of which would be available in store, some of which could be, you know, ordered on demand. We see these um, same small stores, as already happens, being also the primary touch points for access to financial services from the consumers as well, right? And today you would find a lot of these stores playing, you know, agency banking roles where, um, consumers can go in there and get access to cash, but you know, predictably, these parties could also play a key role in providing other financial services to the same um, to the same consumer. This theme is picked up by our other partners too. Topanka stresses that there's no need to reinvent the wheel. There are established players in the retail space, so the real innovation lies in adding value to their services. So key challenges that you need to be mindful of is we don't have to reinvent the wheel. In digitizing, in creating the retail tech, we have to see where the strength of the existing retail lies and how we can complement that with the digitization. If the focus is on complementing, we would be able to do it for a larger number of retailers and in a larger uh, and more effective manner. Tesh also echoes this thought. He says retail tech innovation should seek to complement and optimize rather than replace. I think there's a massive opportunity to leverage on existing, you know, players and add value for them through digitizing them uh, rather than replacing them. Uh, I think there's more value to be accrued um, through that. So this is just to urge uh, startups to think about it's not always about replacing uh, what's existing. Uh, sometimes it's not all broken. There's this massive opportunity for optimization of what's existing rather than replacement. So as a scaling startup in this space, looking to all the opportunities and challenges that we've been discussing, what should your focus be? How do you grow? In retail, there are various moving parts. There are various layers. So over a period of time, retail tech startups get to become really complicated. So our focus is simplify the business and keep it real. Uh, 
that's what we believe would be would help us scale and become substantial. Dipanka there, over to Tesh. How do we grow? Um, which is a conversation we have around MA consolidation. Should we buy or should we build? Um, and the reason we really lean on MA and have completed three acquisitions uh, to date is because we believe that if you bring in, accelerate the pace at which you introduce high value products for your merchants or bring in team members who are entrepreneurs, especially localized in different uh, geographies, understand the pain points and are able to speak the language of both buyers and sellers in that space. All these factors lead to higher chances of success. We've established that for now, B2B has the strongest path to scale for entrepreneurs innovating in the commerce and retail landscape. But what does this increasing B2B uptake look like specifically? Here's Topanka. I think B2B retail tech is going to be a platform play enabling the existing retailers who have uh, category knowledge, who have uh, the acumen for retail and who are lacking the support from the tech. So strong digitized retailers offering a great experience to their customers would evolve on a platform or uh, on a B2B retail tech platform. And I think uh, that would create the next level of retail in Africa. And do we expect consumer-facing e-commerce to research? Back to Topanka. Consumer-facing e-commerce would research and would research in, I mean, would, would come out in a very strong way. Uh, in the time to come with um, a much stronger infrastructure being available for logistics and for warehousing, much stronger layer of supply partners, uh, consumer e-commerce would emerge in a big way. The Amazon for Africa or the future Amazon of Africa would um, work with the last mile uh, retailers. So we feel in the retail space, every store would have a channel of e-commerce and they would be able to manage that efficiently. They would be able to service the orders and execute that with uh, large efficiency. I think building a strong digitized retail will open up the opportunity for consumer play. A huge market, which is the consumer play, which we jumped into directly. Um, so building a strong digitized retail will open that opportunity and that's going to be a super large opportunity. And not focusing on a strong infrastructure, not focusing on building a scalable infrastructure to service the existing marketing market uh, would hinder a big, uh, big problem in that opportunity. Tesh thinks the consumer-facing e-commerce space will grow, but not in the globally typical manner perhaps expected. He believes social media-based commerce will be key to this segment picking up. Tesh also thinks the B2B space needs to thrive first, and any consumer-facing success will fold out of a successful B2B solution. We're seeing uh, social e-commerce uh, because uh, many are realizing that uh, e-commerce is not happening like typically the way people would think you go onto a Amazon like website and do your shopping. There is a lot of uh, purchases that are happening 
on pay, in places where people spend most of their time. So think about Instagram and Facebook uh, and based on, you know, their behaviors on those platforms, then being fed with the right uh, content, a lot of e-commerce is happening on those platforms. So uh, that's, that's an area I would predict a lot of activity will happen. In terms of the Amazon for Africa, I think that's likely to come out of a B2B uh, out of the B2B segment and then scaling into B2C. Uh, but that's where more value will be built in the coming years in Africa. And what about competition from incumbents in the financial and logistics space? Will startups currently gaining traction be blown away by in-house innovations from the corporate sphere? I think we are just moving out of um, the phase of a lot of competition between incumbents and startups. Uh, in banking, in uh, and in other segments, insurance. So I think we'll see more collaboration in the coming years. Uh, a lot of corporates have realized that building solutions in-house, uh, they just don't have the DNA for that. And a lot of startups have realized that uh, they need to have really well-ingrained, uh, you know, processes, uh, sometimes like licensing takes, takes a while. So just acquiring a bank uh, is, is probably easier and cheaper. So I'm excited to see the consolidation or the corporate startup partnerships that will happen and corporates investing as well in startups rather than trying to build uh, from scratch. I, I see more collaboration than competition. That from Tesh. Depanka has similar comments and expects investment and consolidation rather than competition from corporates. No, I think the incumbents are going to play a very important role in the time to come as the contribution from e-commerce increases in the overall pie. People are going to make moves. People are going to um, invest or there is going to be a uh, effort in terms of co uh, consolidation. Once people see there is a genuine large part of the market that's going to translate into e-commerce, everyone is going to make an effort in trying to own a part of that market. So there would be large investments. If you see the global market as well, even the non-tech players move to acquiring, partnering or transitioning their businesses into the uh, into becoming uh, technology businesses. So I would say there is going to be a competition from from the incumbent. I'm not sure whether how uh, the banks are going to play a role or the existing logistics providers are going to transition themselves. But um, the ones who have the capacity to absorb the mindset would be in a position to create a significant change or offer a great become really competitive. We'll leave you with some thoughts from Kachi, who says ultimately, the more interest, the more activity, and the more investment going into the space from all fronts, the more likely the whole ecosystem is to evolve and succeed. As the space develops and evolves, um, I think just a good indicator of, of how evolved the opportunity is, is where you begin to see you know, more established um, corporates looking to get involved. I think that on its own is welcome because for a problem this important, you know, the more the more expertise and capital you have, 
you know, hacking at it, the better the chances of, of, you know, getting to, you know, building something that works. And I mean, having said that, there are, you know, different ways, you know, parties could, could get involved. You could, for instance, have, um, financial institutions, the more established ones, begin to think about having more exposure um, from a lending standpoint to some of these sort of um, operators, uh, these sort of um, SME retailers, the bulk of whom they would not touch today. You know, and this in, in our books will certainly be progress, right? If, if the market has been um, organized or considered organized enough and and, you know, enough visibility provided into the operations of these sort of operators for the, you know, the bigger, um, more established corporate um, financial service, pro- financial institutions looking to get involved. You know, so this is one one area, for instance, where you could see that um, there's there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to logistics, access to to, to warehousing, even the role um, corporates who are, you know, manufacturers and on the supply side um, look to play. You know, I think I think it makes sense to think about it as an ecosystem play, an ecosystem that works best. You know, if you have more of this sort of players looking to play a role. that we've come to the end of this four-part podumentary on Africa's e-commerce and retail tech space. We hope you've enjoyed listening and found valuable insights in what you've heard. We'd like to extend a huge thank you to our partners on this series, Trade Depot, Omnibus and Market Force, and we wish them well as they continue to grow as market leaders in the continent's retail tech ecosystem. Let's talk again soon everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.